Welcome to Soberholic, a podcast about Christian recovery, where each week we explore topics that can free you from bondage and strengthen your relationship with God, others, and yourself. Now, your show hosts, Roger and Jason. So what's up, Jason? Hey. Just hey, huh? Hey. Yeah, horses eat that too. I know. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> great, isn't it? Well, well, check it out, man. I have, I'm going to get to tell all of our soberholics as well as you at the same time. So, I think it was about two weeks ago, maybe. I remember the title. The title was a ringer, but um, it was Nacho Typical Testimony. Oh, yeah. I think Lacey, mm-hmm. well, I know Lacey was the one there and sharing with us about some of her struggles and and even some of her victories with food addiction she's she's dealt with over the years. And so that kind of spurred what I'm fixing to share with you. But then I think uh, last week we went through some questions through our coffee and conversation time. Yeah. And one of those questions, I can't repeat it um, exactly, but it was something about what was one of the best things you did outside of getting sober. You know, what? Yeah. You know, one of the biggest hurdles you overcome, something like that. And my answer to that question was, you know, when I was exercising, when I had lost weight because I felt good about myself, and we talked about how we could overcome depression with that. Well, those two things have kind of set into this, what I'm accomplished or going to begin to accomplish today, is I'm going to start losing some weight again. Oh. Uh, yeah. You're you're going to do this. Well, I, I think I am. You know, I've said this before, just like the whole relapse over and over, and it's <laughs> going to be different this time, but... You know, um, in the past, there's kind of like there's always that leak, lurking notions like, I wish I could lose some weight. You know, I'd like to lose some weight, you know. But, you know, those two conversations, to see Lacey with some victory, to, to look back on my life when when the the emailer asked the question, and for me to, to, to look back and say, wow, that was a point in my life where I felt better physically, um, and just all those things combined, and I see myself now bigger than I've ever been. And so I'll tell you, and I'll tell our <laughs> listeners, 232 pounds, right? <laughs> all right. And so that's not extremely big, but I want to be under 200. So that's kind of what I'm shooting for, not a particular number, but under 200. So you're putting yourself out there. I put myself out there. We're going to see what happens with it. All right. And, and what I've been doing, because it just started today, and of course, all the bad habits that come with eating poorly – um, there's always the temptation to grab and eat something I don't need to eat. And so I've kind of reverted back on the same things I did with drugs and alcohol, and that's like the serenity prayer over and over and over. So when you're going for a donut, you're like, God, help me. Grant me the serenity. <laughs> yeah, really, I've got to because, you know, it's just the basics. It's the fundamentals for me because uh, that's what I did with drugs and alcohol. When yeah. I was faced with temptation or struggle, I had to go back to just that prayer and, and lean on just just that because um, it's hard. You oh, know? Yeah. Um, and I know our listeners can relate to it. Some may be like I have been. Um, in the past, well, you know, um, I can stand to gain another five pounds. <laughs> What's the big deal? But, um, you know, I guess, like you said, I'm throwing myself out there, and we're going to see what happens with this all. And I hope to, as we continue to check in, kind of give you all some an insights on how it goes. Some status updates. Yeah, so. Some way? Are you going to do some weigh-ins? I am. That's the kind of the plan is to actually tell y'all. Maybe not every week, but give you some progress. Maybe I've lost a little bit, or 
maybe some 10 pound increments or maybe i fell off the wagon i don't know but i'm gonna kind of be honest with you about it and you know we'll see where it goes but you know i'm hoping that today for our show is because the serenity prayer has been so fresh to me today with temptation that we could just talk about that yeah yeah let's do it so the serenity prayer is attributed to this guy named Reinhold Nabor. I can never say his name right. Yeah. What? Reinhold Nabor? Nabor. Well, it's like a German last name, and I'm, I know I'm not pronouncing it right. You sound like French when you say it. Reinhold, yeah. Nabor. Nabor. And, but there's some debate of whether he actually wrote it or not. That's what I've read. Like... I've heard that there's all kinds of it's almost like a conspiracy what little bit I've read about it but um, like he denied writing it or some people say that he denied writing it in the beginning and he actually gave authorship or credit to this this French um, guy Frederick another name I can't pronounce and and he was like an 18th century theologian okay and then later comes back and says you know no not really I, I wrote it and i think his daughter even gets into it to prove some of that but if you even the the how old it is some say it goes way back like 500 ad and then but usually people agree that Reinhold Nabar, does that say it right? Mm-hmm. Um, is the the author of it. It was written somewhere in the thirties. Yeah, and it's kind of one of those Mona Lisa. Who who was Mona Lisa? Who was it? I didn't know that. We didn't know who Mona Lisa was. See, well, you're so much more cultured. Than some people I am. think that it was Leonardo da Vinci himself, and he was kind of turned it into a a woman portrait of himself. Anyway, we got way off subject there. So the Serenity Prayer. The the popular version is just the first two verses, and it was popularized by Alcoholics Anonymous, and then all, all the other 12-step groups just kind of took it and ran with it. But the first two verses, that's the most popular part, goes a little something like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. You've probably seen it sewn into a, a what are those things called? Those little. Those oh, little, I was going Bible covers. Those little things that old ladies like sew, uh, cross stitch. Uh, I've seen it like cross stitched on like pillows and like napkins and all that kind of stuff. It's a very popular prayer, even, even outside of the recovery community. It's just one of those prayers that's kind of invaded you know culture and what's what's great about it is most people have heard it before who were in recovery or not well the coolest thing i like about this prayer because like me coming into recovery i didn't want to have anything to do with god period and so even to hear this thing god grant i mean i kind of shut down to begin with but then i saw there was a lot of people in fact most people in recovery are open to this prayer who aren't even Christians. And so I would say, you know, I'm sure there's more, but from my education from Backwoods, Alabama, this may be the most popular prayer that I know around that's Christian and non-Christian a lot. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I like how it starts off. It starts off God. So, like, from the very beginning – you know, you're you're admitting that, hey, there's something, you know, there even so 
from a non-Christian point of view, if you're a non-Christian and you say God, you're you're by default like admitting that there there is a higher power and that you're not it. So if we can't fix our problem and God can, I want to take an opportunity to look at the rest of this prayer and see what serenity and acceptance, courage, what these things really mean. And so let's let's start with serenity. What does kind of serenity look like? I know for me, when I think of serenity, it usually involves like a massage bed and some Zen music and everything's perfect. But in reality, I mean, I guess that could be serenity. That's probably the most serene I ever am when I've done that. But if you look at addiction, you kind of think of a period of time in my life, it was many years, that is really characterized by a lot of just chaos. You know what I mean? Just yeah. complete chaos, loss of control. That was, that was the word that popped into my mind when I think of the opposite of serenity. I think of chaos and Whenever I hear the word serenity, the word I use to kind of, you know, translate that out of, you know, some Buddhist Zen type thing, uh, more a word that I'm familiar with is peace, you know, being peaceful and being calm, you know, um, inside. It's funny you say that because oftentimes my wife and I, when we pray, as we're talking about prayer now, is we don't really know what to pray, and so we'll pray about peace in a situation. And really, if I gave you a definition of what that looks like in our life, we're praying to be okay, whether it be up or down in whatever situation we're in, that whatever struggle, obstacle, thing that we're faced with, that we're okay, that we can stay calm through whatever we're in. Yeah, and being having a restful spirit um, where you know you are okay no matter which way a situation goes. I've even heard it said that for some people that, you know, really when we look at the ideal of recovery, the goal of recovery could really just be serenity rather than sobriety. I think that the the, the ideal of that is not just that we're at peace all the time and we never have a problem because, as we said, if you're in addiction – I don't believe that you could have addiction and serenity and be an active addiction. Right. You don't want to you don't want to be sober and not have peace and serenity. You don't want to be sober um and just be a white knuckle, you know, angry, you know, everybody's heard the the term dry drunk or whatever. And you don't you don't you want to have that peace, you know, or else it's not even worth it. Yeah, that goes back, and we've probably talked about it before on here, because it was just one of those moments in my life when I when I was in rehab the first time. They asked me, "What do you want out of your recovery?" I just wanted a little spending money in my car back, you know, <laughs> and, and to quit doing dope. That, that's all I wanted. And man, I mean, how much would I've sold myself short if I had not taken into account the serenity, the freedom that comes with living. In recovery. Yeah. So, okay, if we find that God can help us, that we can find serenity through relying on him rather than us, then I I would imagine then the next thing to really look at, the natural progression, is what we can accept, you know? Acceptance is the answer to all my problems. (laughs) But a lot of people think to accept things... um, you know, is like a passive thing. 
you know. But really to accept something, I mean, it's it's an active thing. You know, you're not just, it's not, I don't know, I guess what I'm trying to say is you're not being lazy by accepting a situation. You of know? course. Is it complacent? You're just not sitting there and saying, oh, okay, you know, I look at it if we look at looking this in, into the idea of the steps to accept something means that you know I, I guess you're not you're willing to to not deny it anymore, right? And so you're you're willing to maybe face the problem. I know for me early on in recovery, I didn't really want to be an alcoholic or a drug addict or label myself as those things. But today, I mean, off. More times than not, I, I will tell people that I'm grateful to be an alcoholic or a drug addict. And it's hard for some people, who, especially who are white-knuckling it right now or just not getting sober, to understand that. But today I accept the fact that I'm alcoholic and drug addict, and I can't drink or, or do drugs like other people could. Right. It, it doesn't work for me. And the, another thing I think about with accepting in the context of this prayer, you've already you know established that, you know, God, I, I need the help. And... You're asking God to grant you this thing, uh, this serenity. And when you accept things that you cannot change, when you pray that part, I feel like, well, when I pray that part, I feel like what I'm saying is I'm trusting you. I'm putting trust in you, God, that even though I know I can't change this thing, I know that you're ultimately in charge and that I'm going to put my faith and my trust in you in this situation. But in order to trust anybody, it takes courage. Yes, a lot of courage in some in some ways. Because for me, I, I just I still struggle with trust issues. Oftentimes, I I introduce myself in a CR meeting saying that <laughs> I celebrate recovery of drugs and alcohol, but I still struggle with trust. Trust issues. Yeah, I think me and you are similar in this regard. Uh, my wife has pointed out to me that I see the worst in people, or I don't trust people. Um, it's not that I'm like paranoid. I'm walking around thinking who's going to get me, but uh, I sometimes fall in the trap of thinking everybody's got an angle that they're trying to work. And so it, I, I agree. It's, it, it is very hard to put your trust um, in, in something, in somebody else. And especially in God, we had, we had a whole episode about trusting God. We did. I forgot yeah. about that one. Okay. Well then let's look at this. So if we are accepting the things that we cannot change, then we need the courage to change the things that I can. And so that that means that I've got to accept some fear into my life. I've got to master some fear, I guess is probably the best way of saying that. Now, what's the old um, acrostic that says something about fear? Uh, forget everything and run. You know, that, yeah. that's, that's kind of the way I've always... Um, what's the good version of it? Face, face everything and rise. Everything and rise. Yes. And that's what we're trying to do in recovery. And, yeah. and that's a a change in our perceptions that we begin to learn. And for me, as I've been kind of bouting with eating the wrong things today, although I've done good so far today, is that I'm having to face some of these things and take them on one, one on at a time. And so that's the reason I'm saying the serenity prayer over and over and over to I'm accepting some things that I can't eat those food anymore, and I'm, I'm I'm needing the courage to be able to make it through the temptation, the trials, the difficult times that come along with eating in a more healthy way. Yeah, and I think, 
you know, the courage to change. I know it kind of, it kind of made me kind of fearful when I first realized, I, I think I took that part the wrong way. I felt like it was just all on my shoulders to change all by myself. And the, the essential part I left out in recovery is that I'm not alone in, in, in this process of changing. I, I hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're in a, the process of, of recovery, you're not doing it alone. There's others that can come alongside you and help you with this change. Because changing just by yourself is just, I've found that I can't do it unless I have the accountability there to either call me, you know, um, and hold me accountable when I've kind of gotten off the path of the change that I need to make or just to give me encouragement to keep on going. Yeah, because courage doesn't necessarily mean that we will have no fear. It just means that we're we're not willing to be ruled by it anymore because that's what my life looked like the majority of my life that I just, I hunkered down and whimpered and I said, okay, I'm just going to go back to what I know. Even though I knew it was killing me, I'll just go back there because it's comfortable. Right. But you, you don't have to be this, this lone ranger. I, I have to change myself just all by myself, you know? True. I mean, and ultimately that's what our prayer, the reason you mentioned in the beginning, it starts with God. We're asking for God's power to come in and, and help us with these decisions. And I mean, we have our recovery community around us, but no matter where I go, I've got God with me. Right. And so it's it's through his power and only his power that I'm able to even make good decisions. Because if I lean on my own understanding, well, that never, never works. Right. And I mean, I believe ultimately that there's nothing good that that is within me. That's That's in line with scriptures. So I believe the only thing that I can do to enact a change in my life is to exercise my will to ask God to help me with that. And and the Holy Spirit is what actually does that within me, is actually bringing about that change that I'm just willing to make. It is God who really is the one that is doing all that. And so that means that we've got to ask for the wisdom to do those, to make good decisions. If we have nothing good inside of us, as you just stated, then we need some wisdom to make good decisions and, and to be able to, to know the difference as the Holy Spirit will lead us to make a good decision or a bad decision. Yeah. The, um, now, James talks about it that, you know, if any man needs wants wisdom, he should ask for it. And that's exactly what we're doing in this prayer. We're asking, we're asking for that wisdom. Yeah. And I think with this part, you're, you're letting go of pride when you're asking for wisdom. Because you're you're again acknowledging just like the first part of the prayer, um, you're acknowledging that you don't know, you know what might be best. You you don't know how you might need to change. You don't know what part of your life you just need to accept and you can't change. So you're kind of letting go of that ego and that pride when when you are saying this part of the prayer. So what what is the definition of insanity? Well, the, the the recovery definition is doing the same things over and over again, expecting different results. Oh, that was good. That wasn't even staged. I knew you were going to say that. Which, funny enough, is actually attributed to Einstein. I've seen that quote, and it says Einstein. I've seen that, too. And yeah. I'm like, nah, 
He didn't say that. Did he not? I don't think he did. So you saw a meme and that you yeah. took it for the gospel, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, wisdom, on the other hand, tells us that, you know, it's, it's the ability to make a good decision. It's, it's getting out of that rat race of doing the same thing over and over, thinking that we're going to have something differently, a different result. And so when we ask for wisdom and we get wisdom, then we're, we're willing to realize that that's not working, that we have to change something. And I, I think that's what we're asking all the way through the serenity prayer. We're saying, God, look, I, I, I need some peace in my life. And so in order to do that, I realize I've got some problems that I just can't change on my own. But I'm asking you to give me some courage so that I can I can do this. And, and God, I, I really don't know how to do it, but if, if you just give me the wisdom to just show me when I'm making a mistake and, and show me when I'm doing the right thing. I think that's really what we're praying here. Yeah, and how have you used this prayer? Like uh, when, when, what what circumstances bring about you going, I need to say the serenity prayer right now? Well, it was just like today. I, like I told you, um, today I got done. I could, It was right before, it was in between breakfast and lunch. Snack o'clock. <laughs> So I, I was getting hungry. I didn't eat this crazy breakfast like I normally eat, um, big breakfast. It was, you know, a, a modest breakfast. And so I, I was getting hungry before lunch. And so it was around 10 or 11 o'clock. And my natural go-to is just to go grab some junk, a little, you know, a little Debbie snack cake, something out of the cabinet. And that's when I began saying this prayer to myself because the struggle was there. You know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So I, I needed to, to I needed to know, I needed the courage to make it through that temptation to choose whether to eat that or not eat that, and to know that what I did was fixing to make a difference. Yeah, you know, and, yeah, and so. I made it through that that very struggle with just that prayer. Um, you know, I'm not saying just I saw you got to do is say a prayer, right? You know, because that's not been the story of my life <laughs> yeah. at all. But in that particular instance, I was able to say that it refocused me enough to where I believe the Holy Spirit was giving me the power and the courage to change something in my life. Right. So you used it to combat temptation. Um. The way I use it most of the time is when I get stressed out. If if it's something with my family or if it's something, you know, um, with, you know, a relationship with, with a friend or something, you know, that's that's really stressing me out. That's where I find myself using it the most um, because there's a lot of things that I, I, I have a few control issues, I would say. So you, so you mean maybe it's kind of like this. Whenever your wife comes in with a new outfit on, she goes, does this look good? Yeah. Is that when you say like, the prayer? Grant me. <laughs> to know the difference, know the difference, know the difference. <laughs> yeah, so whenever I'm stressed out, saying that prayer, um, you know, and sometimes it's not like I get done with a prayer and I'm like, ah, oh, I feel better, you know. There's been days where I've I've literally said that prayer 20 times in a day. There's been times where I've said that prayer five times in a row, you know. And like you said, it, it refocuses me, it centers my mind on on 
on my goals, on the person that I know I am in Christ and know who I could be in Christ. And it really just helps to 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 put the responsibility of of changing because I know I can't change myself to in into the hands of God who who is the one that does empower me to be able to change and have freedom. Hey, that's really cool because there's so many times that I've said it just like you in the situation. Usually it is before uh, that. Maybe that's my filter, the best I can say, because <laughs> my wife tells me I don't have a filter, but I could see where this prayer has came in and become my filter at times because I don't know the difference of if, if what I'm fixing to say is going to hurt someone or if it should be said, or if it's, you know, encouraging all those things. Sometimes I have to filter it through, and because I'm not sure what the difference is right now, <laughs> I, I just I don't say anything. Now that don't happen a lot in my life. If you know me personally, <laughs> you know that it, it don't work well, but it does work that way. It gives me a second to pause. Yeah, and then I've also used this prayer in making decisions. Um, the whole you know wisdom to know the difference part. It'll make me pause long enough to ask is this something i can even change is this something that i'm trying to exert control over because i'm prideful and i have an ego problem or is it is it something that i actually can change with god's help is it something i need to change uh, all all those questions when you say this prayer it can give you enough time to at least think about them and it's a prayer that we can actually, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, that prayer is not my natural bend. I don't go to God with something. I usually go to my own understanding, and then that falls flat on its face, and then <laughs> I go back to prayer. Going, yeah, when it blows up, you're it, like, oh, wait, God. Right, but this is such a simple prayer, and, and I've said it for so long, and it's just become rooted into my mind. Oftentimes it's not even a prayer that I've, physically say it's just a thought that i think right and it just it, you know I, I just dissect it that way but if you go on down to the long version that we read i think it's some really good stuff because inside of every aa meeting or any na meeting for that matter they usually start this prayer and they end it right where you stopped off right now, did you read this in the beginning, the long version or the short version? I did not even know about the long version until I started going to Celebrate Recovery. Well, see, I didn't either. And I'm not sure if Ryan Holden Nabar, Nabar. Nabar actually wrote this part, if it was adapted and, and fit in later. I'm, I'm not sure about it, but it's really good. So let's let's finish reading this out, and I want to share a few a few things with our listeners. It goes on to say that living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy in the next. So mm. now check out the first line. You've been in recovery one day at a time is that where we get this from i mean did someone put that in there right what? yeah i don't know um but it, it still is such a great prayer especially for people who are in recovery because living one day at a time is so hard i mean it's hard for everybody but uh especially for those in recovery because when i was early on in recovery i wanted to be 10 years down the road like 
the first day I was sober. You know, I wanted, like you, I wanted the car back. I wanted the job back. I wanted all that back as soon as possible. And I wanted to just skip the process. I wanted to look at the 12 steps on the wall and go 1, 2, 12. All right, I'm done. I think it must be like an automatic qualifier for addiction to have um, <laughs> instant gratification. Right. And, and that's all the things that yeah. we're talking about there. You want it right now. Yeah. I've, I've uh, gotten reasonably better on my patience. I'm still not good at it. Uh, whenever um, me and my wife go to a restaurant and they say, yeah, it'll be a 10 to 15 minute wait and inside. I'm going, no, <laughs> 10 minute wait. <laughs> but I've gotten better now where I can, I can, I can make it through a 10 to 15 you, you minute make it, wait. You can make it at least eight before you start right. saying bad words. huh? <laughs> but yeah, we're just, we're just naturally, I mean, all human beings, but especially in recovery, we're just naturally impatient. We want it. We want to skip the process. No, we got one day. You know, that's not really any of us. Really, one moment. If you really wanted to break it down to its smallest um, portion, and so in recovery, this is a great reminder. As we say this prayer, you know, we have one day at a time. That's all we're given. And sometimes that that day, as you was talking about earlier, you say this prayer over and over and over. And so you may say it today, you may say it tomorrow, and the next day until you really get the answer that you're looking for through that. And but through it all, it says we're enjoying one moment at a time, and that's the what I've received through recovery is the serenity to be able to enjoy today. Yeah, to actually be present in the present, yeah. and to not be so. Cons- I used to be so consumed with, you know, what things are going to be like five years from now, or I'd be hung up on the past and regretting something I did ten years ago, and when. You know, say in the serenity prayer, it does, especially this part of it, it helps you to to try to focus, to be present in the, in the present moment. It says that accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have, not as I would like it. And so... Hardship Man. is a pathway to peace. What What I are know. they talking about? I know. But, I mean, <laughs> I see that clearly now. I really do. No, I know. Yeah. You know, um, you look back what I said. I'm grateful to be an alcoholic right. addict. I, I, I really am. I don't know how else to say that because I know people think I'm lying when I say that. But because of what I've went through, I am the person I am today. I may not be who I am today because if I didn't go through what I've done in the past— and I've learned that God didn't make me do those things, but he allowed me to go through those things so that I could use my story to help others today. That's that's a great thing. Yeah, and it kind of, this part of this prayer reminds me of another prayer, the third step prayer, where it talks about uh, asking God to relieve you of your difficulties that you may bear witness to those around you. I paraphrase that. But um you know, this is exactly what you just said, that when you go through hard times and you're able to help somebody else, that brings you peace and just goes back to the thing that I kind of always say that, you know, no pain's wasted. And when you when you get to use something that you you experience pain with and a hardship that you went through in the past to help somebody else who's going through it now, it brings uh, just peace that's just overwhelming. I don't, I'm not real clear what this part means, but I'll tell you what I read when I hear this and when I say this, when it talks about taking as Jesus did this sinful world as, as it is, not as I would like to have it. When I look at Jesus, I, I think of his life when he lived without sin. 
those, what, 33 and a half years or so when he walked here on earth. And surely as he walked without sin, never making any of the bad decisions I continue to make, and he sees people like me who kept falling into sin and, and struggle with this sinful nature of doing the things that I, that they don't even want to do, you know. And 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 he's like, you know, there's a better way. You don't have to live that way. But yet we kept falling into that. He was willing to say, okay, I'm willing to take on death at the cross for you so that you have an opportunity out of all of this. And he he overcome all of, of life and what the temptations you and I face without falling into it. And so I love that part because when I'm praying, I'm praying to someone who was able to live without sin in their life. And I believe with all of my heart that he has not just an ideal of this power, but he showed through his life that he does have this power to help me overcome my own struggles because he's done what I'm trying to do. Right. And he, he and then not only did he have the same temptations that we face and didn't fall, but then he modeled, you know, through all the different spiritual disciplines like prayer, fasting, scripture, that that's that is our pathway to be more like him and to be free of sin. And so just to sum all this up, it ends like this, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this world and supremely happy in the next. I mean, that that, that last sentence always gets all over me when it says I'll be reasonably happy in this world. So many times, whether it be in recovery or even in the church nowadays, we hear that we just need to be happy. We just need to be happy. The goal of everything is to be happy. And I've just, I know without a shadow of a doubt that recovery is just not always happiness. It's not always rainbows and butterflies, <laughs> as my first sponsor would say. Yeah, It's just not going to happen that way. But if I can be reasonably happy today, what more can I ask for? Right. And what I get out of that part is dealing with expectations i i think i i go one of my default settings is to just my expectations to be set way too high going into any situation and what being in recovery has really helped me to do is to lower my expectations not not to a morbid level where i'm just thinking everything's just gonna explode on me at any moment (laughs) but just to try to go in um, to different situations and different life changes with expectations that are more reasonable and um, talking to a sponsor and talking to others in recovery, that really helps a lot with that. But I found though, when I have more moderate expectations, if something bad happens, I'm not destroyed. You know, I'm not, I don't think it's the end of the world. Well, Those are the things I believe help us as we look at the serenity prayer and how we can use this prayer, whether it be to fight temptations or to deal with people or even deal with problems um, or decisions, as you mentioned. I think that by using this prayer, it's one of the many tools that we've talked about on the show of, of the full picture of recovery. I don't think that you can take just one of any of the things that we talk about and just stay sober. It takes all of them. Well, um, you know, so my promise to you guys is as I, as I started this, <laughs> I will keep checking in for a little bit and um, I don't know what to expect. You know, I've done this, I fell off and I've done good, I've done bad, but 
you know, right now I know there's 32 pounds for me to lose and um, to get to where I'm talking about. And that's not a huge amount of uh, money. It's not, it feels like I, I would pay money to get rid of it. It's not a huge You'll amount of money. save money, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, that's true. <laughs> My wife would be happy grocery shopping now. <laughs> But, you know, so I will continue to check in with you guys. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to keep going to my CR group um, because that's where accountability happens. And um, we'll see how it goes from there. I'll hold you to it. I know you will. <laughs> I know you will. Well, man, that's another one in the book. So I'm Roger. I'm Jason. We're out of here. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out SoberholicPodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.